station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I am your host, Tim Wick, joined, as always, by the smartest movie person in the world, Melissa Kersher. Hello! And the not, not nearly as smart as Melissa Kersher is, at least when it comes to movies, Jenny Young. Yay! Yay! So... I'm dumb! <laughs> I did not... I want to be very clear that I'm I did not... I'm movie dumb. I didn't say that. I did I, not say no, that. I did. I, I implied. I'm, I'm Jenna over here. Okay. I said it. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't say you're movie dumb. I'd say uh, movie room for improvement. Movie oh, ignorant. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in kindergarten. I've got the room for improvement checkmark. It's, mo- it's the movie. Satisfactory. But, but we are improving. But we are I improving. am. After we do this for a year, maybe you'll be in movie I, first grade. Yay! Uh, <laughs> do we have to have Very graduation? Exciting. Yeah. One year? Yes. One year? Yes. That would be I, weird. Wait, is... is the Graduation a movie? Because that would be funny. The Graduate. Oh, the Graduate is a movie. Graduate. Ooh. We Ooh. should watch that. Oh, yes, I think we have a plan. Okay. I think we have a All plan. Right. Awesome. <laughs> uh, you heard it here on this podcast. So, uh, the movie we are watching tonight is The Emperor's New Groove. Yay! Yes! By no means a classic... But anyway, uh, it, it's a classic in certain circles. It is, yes. It's kind of a cult movie. It is kind of a cult movie. So, Jenna, Ooh. why don't you tell us what you know about the Emperor's New Groove? Okay, I haven't seen the Emperor's New Groove. Yes, the, However, otherwise we wouldn't be watching. I it. have seen the direct-to-video sequel Kronk's New Groove, um, because I was part of the the Disney Movie of the Month Club, and they just sent me and all they their sent you Kronk's New Groove, like, yeah. but not. The Emperor's no, New no. Why would they give me, you know, one of anyway? Uh, uh, Disney. So, <laughs> I feel like Disney's failed me. So, um, so no. So I know the characters, or at least some of the characters. There's okay. there's, there's Kronk, who I guess was a good guy, uh, bad guy, and turned good. Okay. Because in in Kronk's New Groove, he's good the entire way through, mm-hmm. but he's continually struggling with his his past in a very adorable Kronk like way. Right. Um, right. There's the uh, Yzma. Mm-hmm. Yzma. Yeah. Um, the uh, the 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 evil lady who makes potions. Okay. Um, and the emperor doesn't actually show up much throughout the movie at all. He's like once or <laughs> twice okay. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the rest of the characters are probably like new to that movie characters as opposed to ones that are in the emperor's new groove itself. Okay. Um. Also, there's a llama. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's something about a llama. Uh, my child was really excited because he's seen it and I haven't. Okay. Uh, okay. And he was like, llamas. I'm like, what? I love llamas. So Llama face. Um, and and it's it's my understanding that this is a take on the, the emperor's new clothes or something similar where he has to, to find, um, huh. That's, you, find you, his own kind of... Uh, hmm. uh, confidence and not listen to idiots kind of a thing hmm, hmm. all right okay okay that is uh, what okay. you know about that you've seen the sequel yes. which uh from what you've described has almost nothing to do with this movie <laughs> excellent so that well, it has characters in yeah common. it does have characters in common but oh there are singing uh, ladies <laughs> all right well, there's singing ladies um what well, so, but no Tom Jones. The the thing that I'll say about this movie, just sort of as a as a preface, is uh, Melissa's other podcast, Xanadu Cinema. One of her other podcasts. <laughs> one of my many other Xanadu, podcasts. Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Her her uh, podcasting partner, Wendy Bowlesby, went to see this movie before anybody else that I know went to see this movie because the trailers 
were so awful. Except for the one scene. Yeah. yeah. And you would watch the trailers and you would go, I can't imagine a reason why I would go to see this film. Mm-hmm. And Wendy went to see it and she went to all of her friends and said, we all need to go see this movie because it's better than you think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, well, I guess since we all thought it was going to be complete crap, we were willing to accept that it was <laughs> better than be we thought it was. crap. And <clears throat> I just have to say that everybody I know who went to see the film as a result of Wendy's proselytizing was a convert very quickly. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Because this movie is surprising. Yes. Yes, it is. And I, I went to see the movie just on the strength of like one shot in the trailer or one little smidgen of a scene in the trailer, which is them going over the waterfall. Ah. And I saw that and went, that's kind of perfect. And for some reason, I want to see the movie around it. And I went and I was the only person in the theater and I laughed my ass off. Yay! Yeah, so and, you don't... and and the the thing is, I was working at Suncoast Motion Picture Company at the time, which was a video store. Uh, back when we had video back, stores. Back when we had yeah. video stores. <laughs> and um, the place, the, the the it was a chain store, but you know all the locations would have tons and tons of TV screens all around the store from a common video source, and so we'd always have to be playing movies nonstop, usually things that were coming out that week or things that have come out in the last month. And when we got really, really tired of what we were playing in rotation, we had one copy of Emperor's New Groove that we kept hidden. (laughs) It's like, okay, we're really sick of the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie of the month. We need to see something else. We have Emperor's New Groove. And I must have seen this movie at least 50 times. Oh, wow. I'm not kidding. And it never gets old. It is It is very rewatchable. And I don't want to give away too much other than yeah. to say that just... It, is, it was such a surprise. It was yeah. so much different than what you expected. And, uh, oh, by the way, this movie, horrible, horrible flop for Disney. Yeah, okay. It, yeah, and, it, and I have a lot of information on the backstory of how this whole thing happened. Yeah, I have some too, because yeah. uh, Pat and I went to Disney World around the time they were developing this film, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they were not developing this film, but they were developing <laughs> something, something that else. turned into this film. Yeah. So, so we'll talk about that after we're back, yeah. but for right now, uh, we're going to go away and we're going to enjoy The Emperor's New Groove. Yay! <laughs> What's his name? Cusco! What's his name? Is it hip hop? What? Cusco! Boom, baby! <laughs> Boom, baby! Yeah! All right, we are back. We've just finished watching <laughs> The Emperor's New Groove Yay! with a fantastic theme song by Tom Jones. Well, actually, it, it was written by Sting, but sung by Tom Jones. Sung by Tom Jones, yes. which is just as good. Yes. There was there was no uh, poofy disco guy in the... Um, Kronk's uh, New Groove. Yeah. Well, so he must have yeah. been replaced by singing ladies then. So, yeah. Jenna, yes. what did you think of the prequel to the movie <laughs> that you already seen? I loved it. Oh, my God, it was awesome. It was stupid and wacky and fantastic. Yes. It is hilarious. <laughs> and it had a little bit of heart in there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It, it is a hilarious... To me, it's about the closest Disney ever got to a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just... Yeah. 
slapstick. It's so ridiculous. Love it. it. It is completely atypical for a Disney animated feature. And and that actually was one of its problems because when it was released, uh, Michael Eisner was still the CEO of Disney. He yeah. hated this movie. Huh. Hated it. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons that it didn't get any kind of major push. Uh, from the Disney studio, they they didn't they didn't have any idea how to market it. It wasn't like anything that they'd been doing up to that point. Uh, the other thing that uh, was interesting, Pat and I go to Disney World a lot, and we're, we're like always looking for Emperor New, Emperor's New Groove stuff because you can find Mickey Mouse shit everywhere. Sure, but mm-hmm. you know you gotta really search to find anything that references Emperor's New Groove. If you, they 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 do like their we're gonna do a painting of all the Disney villains and. Oddly, Yzma is always left out. Uh, or we've got a towel upstairs with Yzma on it that we bought literally because it had Yzma. <laughs> uh, we have we have a, a Cusco llama, stuffed llama. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, if you go to Disney World and you're like, and you walk up to somebody in one of the shops and you say, I'm looking for anything I can find from the Emperor's New Groove. And the inevitable response of everybody who works at Disney is, oh, yeah, that's a really good movie. And the next thing they say is, I don't know where you can find anything. This is like, it's like the yeah. redheaded stepchild of Disney films. They didn't do a 10th anniversary release mm-hmm. uh, on DVD. Oh. They, they, they seem to kind of have forgotten, even though they made Kronk's New Groove, and they actually did a TV series. Yeah. Based on this movie, they really? pretty much ignore it. They pretty much there's pretend no there there is no princess. Yeah. There's a there's a prince, and goodness knows that well. <laughs> yeah. he's an emperor. Yeah. He's yeah. not really a prince. Oh yeah, and it, it but it, it is so strange for a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a road movie. It's like a Bing Crosby, Bob Hope road yeah. movie with, with a llama. llama. Oh, and llama. and like most of the characters are villains. And <laughs> they're ridiculous. Villains. They're ridiculous villains. It breaks even the, fourth the squirrel wall. is a villain. It it's well, it's yeah. very meta. It just kind of wanders all over the place <laughs> with a certain sort of focus. But it, you know, it's like all the Disney animators got stoned and said, <laughs> "Let's make a Warner Brothers short feature length." Okay. Yeah. Can I take a moment before I forget all of the connections that I've got in my brain and yes. talk about things that are similar between this and Kronk's new groove? Please do. Okay. The opening sequence where the llama's all sad and into the rain and everything. Yeah. The opening sequence for Kronk's new groove is is the the voiceover and and Kronk is uh, just like covered in cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that that sad mer kind of a moment. And they, mm-hmm. So they both open up like that. Um, in Croc's new groove, uh, he becomes, he's, he's no longer an evil henchman. He's, uh, uh, working in the restaurant. <laughs> that makes course, sense. Course, he's a chef. Right? Yeah. Uh, and part time he's, uh, a, a junior t- chipmunk later. Right? Yeah. This, this um, jives with what happened at the end of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, he also ends up working with, uh, Yzma again. Uh, he thinks he's helping all of the old people and the little old man with the cane that got thrown out the yeah. window. He was in it. Oh, excellent. Uh, excellent. And, is uh, Yzma still a cat? Uh, she is mostly human, but she has a cat tail. 
Uh, oh boy. <laughs> and then, like, to, in order to escape, and this is totally a spoiler because I really yeah, don't yeah. think anybody's going to rush out and go see Kronk's new group. Right. Although you should. Uh, no, it was adorable <laughs> and fantastic, and I loved it. Don't shake your head at me. So. Uh, anyway, she ends up taking a potion uh, as she's getting chased by all of the villagers because she didn't actually make them young. She sold them all youth potions okay. or used Kronk to sell them all mm-hmm. uh, youth potions because he's trustworthy. Um, anyway, so she goes to take this potion uh, and, and she's like, once I take this, you will never be able to touch me. I'll be unstoppable. And she takes the potion and it turns her into a little rabbit. Like just this adorable little rabbit. It's not, uh, you know, like cuter than the kitten even. And then everybody's like, oh, we can't touch her. And then, like, an eagle just comes by and snatches her and takes her away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And you're like, huh. There well, you then. go, Yzma. There's your just desserts. <laughs> it's, it's certainly tonally. Yeah, it's, tune, the tone is, is very similar. And it works really well with Kronk, I think. Good. Um, well, uh, I mean, did they still have Patrick Warburton during the, doing the voice? Yes. Okay, good. See, that's good. Yeah. That, I, I, that's I believe vital. it was the same voice, so I assume if yeah. that's who did it here, that's who did yeah, it. Yeah, there's really nobody um, like Patrick Warburton. And um, uh, uh, Hacha's in it, and okay. the, the waitress lady, and all of the old people, and yeah, it's just okay. like this giant... In fact, um, at one point, Kronk has secretaries, and it's uh, two ladies, and they're uh, two of the women from the, the, the wife lineup. Mm-hmm. thing in there and I'm like okay. oh god it's those guys ah. <laughs> well uh, yeah well, cool so That's yeah cool. it was really fun to watch this and be like oh and I recognize you oh and you I know you too mm-hmm. we've met before <laughs> <laughs> like is the squirrel in Kronk's new group uh-huh. well yeah I mean the squirrel has to be there's cause... there's an entire uh, sequence um, when he's junior chipmunking and leading and, and the squirrel's there and telling him things and they're, they're yeah it's yes the squirrel is also there <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. The squirrel, not in Disney World. No, oh, no man. You cannot find any Emperor's New Groove shit anywhere uh, in Disney. And believe me, we've tried pretty much every single Emperor's New Groove item that has been for sale in Disney World, as far as we can tell, we own. Because there's not a lot. And, and that's the weird thing about this movie is it's so funny. I mean, it's it's yeah. really, it's hilarious. It's a to, great comedy. To know this movie is to love this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never met anybody who actually disliked Emperor's New Groove. It's just so few people who have seen, seen Emperor's it. New Groove. Yeah. And yeah. It, uh, so the, the interesting thing is, now again, Pat and I go to Disney World a lot. They have an animation tour there that used to be cooler when they actually weren't doing all computer animation and there were actually people drawing. And... The time that we went there, one of the times we went there, the tour, they talked about their upcoming movie. And the upcoming movie they talked about was a movie called Empire of the Sun. Not Emperor of the Sun, Kingdom of the Sun. Kingdom of the Sun. Empire of the Sun is a different movie. Yes, all right. I thought it was the same name. But anyway, Kingdom of the Sun. No, Kingdom of the Sun. And it was, there there was all these watercolors of these beautiful mountains, and it was going to be set in Peru. Hmm. Uh, It was going to be set in Peru. It was going to be scored by Sting. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And it was going to be this uh, kind of take on the prince and the pauper. Oh. Where uh, there was a character that later becomes Pacha. Well, I think he was named Pacha. Yeah. But Pacha was younger and looked just like the emperor. And so there was a there was a, a switch of uh, character oh, sure. swap 
And it was, again, at that time, it was much more in the vein of... It was being directed by the uh, director of Lion King. Yep. And it was going to be a full-on musical. Okay. Scored by Sting. And, um, you know, very much more in this kind of the standard Disney line. You know, there was a love interest and... Um, it, it, it was very lush. They were very excited about the the Incan storyline. They were going to do this kind of period piece, and Owen Wilson was going to play Pancha, and he did recordings for it. Yeah. And um, they had fifty percent done. Yeah, they had a rough cut done, and the higher ups came in to see the rough cut, and they said. This is really terrible. <laughs> it's not working. And so they had to basically trash everything and start over. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And this was a good ways into production. Like, they, whatever they did, they, they would have to... Yeah, Pick this, a direction and go, this, otherwise this they film, would not have a movie. Yeah, this film so, came out in 2000. This is 1998 when they basically say, you got to start from scratch. Yeah. And, and animation, animated films take somewhere between time. three and five years to make. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so they, they start over, basically. And the animation team starts... It, it's so demoralizing. The animation team basically splits in half. Okay. So they they originally had two director. You know, usually there were multiple directors for Disney movies because you know they kind of parcel. Very out few. The, well, yeah. for animated films yeah. in general, most yeah. animated films have two directors. Yeah. So the two directors kind of wound up factioning off, and like the there was one faction who was just trying to repair what they had already done, and they were just kind of stuck in a rut of trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. just stick with what they already have developed, and the other half basically just kept going through just completely different storylines, just pie in the sky stuff. And they landed on this thing with a llama, and, <laughs> and, and they they went, okay, let's make it a farce. And they this team went, you know, did a really rough animatic, and you know, kind of a proof of concept, brought it to the executives and go. Do you think you can sustain this for an entire movie? Okay, uh, yeah. go for it. And nice. they they go for it. So so the other half of the animation team that kind of got stuck in a rut, they um, the executives kind of repurposed them and they put them on Fantasia 2000, and that's oh, where nice. the Rhapsody in Blue segment came from. From Rhapsody 2000, yeah. it was those guys. So. So then so this then other group goes. This other group goes and, and makes this. And he makes this. And, and Sting kind of drops out of the project. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of keeps writing a couple songs, but that's but it's not a musical anymore. Yeah. Sure. His, and, there's a song and, by Sting that plays in the closing credits. Yeah. And, and of course, the Tom Jones song yeah. was written by him. Who's called? <laughs> What's like, his name? But and, they start making Emperor's New Groove with 18 months to go until release Jesus. date. And they scored it twice and ditched the, the last time they ditched the score was four months to release. They had oh to completely God. rescore it from that point. Uh, I mean, it was it was just kind of this nightmare crush yeah. of a production. And the thing <laughs> is, if you describe that production about any other movie, you will have a disaster. Yeah. Sure. The final result will be trash. The fact that this movie somehow manages to be good yeah. 
after everything that they went through is amazing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. It it's it's that's that's a straight to video yeah kind of movie, and that's what makes the fact that Disney kind of ignores this movie all that much more tragic. Yeah, sure. Because they accidentally made one of the best movies that they had made in years mm-hmm. because they they were kind of I think stuck in a rut after Lion King. Yeah. yeah. Trying over and over again to they um if you're a Disney movie fan, um a lot of people will kind of separate Disney into the the golden ages and there was the first golden age back with Pinocchio and Cinderella, yeah. Snow White and the Seven White. Dwarfs. Uh there was there was and that lasted quite a while. Yeah, and then then you get into what's not really the, the golden age, where you've got stuff like the Aristocats and <laughs> and and stuff like that, which is yeah. all of the Rescuers, Sorry. which is okay, yeah. yeah, but not great. And then you hit the second golden age, which is the Little, Little Mermaid, Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yep. Aladdin, and the Lion King. Sure, you know they 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 put out four gigantic. Hits that are still hits now. Yeah. Um, that that ha- have not tarnished with age at all. And then they spend so much time trying to recreate that, and they come out with some good movies. You know, in that period is Hercules, which I I really enjoy, although it's it, it's got its faults. Mm-hmm. There's the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is fifty percent amazing and fifty percent awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's Pocahontas, which is really pretty. Um, <laughs> That's so charitable of you. Uh, they, but I mean, the thing is, they're they're there's they're trying to recapture that success. And if you look at what Empire of the Sun, sorry, Kingdom of the Sun was going to be, again, there's that attempt to try and recapture that success. And instead, <laughs> what they do is they completely break. Yeah. Completely break with what they were doing, and they come up with something pretty remarkable and if you look at the the template that's the emperor's new groove and you look at the template of what dreamworks has been doing with the shrek films with the madagascar films with the um uh, how to train your dragon it goes much more in the direction of emperor's new groove and has been considerably more successful um and so what's interesting is disney has stumbled onto this formula which they then ignore Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah yeah and 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 first pregnant woman to ever be seen in a disney film a disney animated movie and you know where did the character of yzma come from i don't know but she's voiced by earth a kid kid, the voice of earth a kid just oh. yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing that, that I do. I am sad that this isn't a musical, just because there would be an Eartha Kid villain song. If um, there is yeah. one in Kronk Snowgrove. Oh. oh. Ah, ah, ah. There's something to be said about that. All right. Yeah. But uh, the voice, the voice casting is great. David Spade. David Spade. Oh God. The, the, I usually find David Spade the, unbelievably annoying, but this that, is. The perfect yes. use of David Spade. I, I would agree a hundred percent with that. John Goodman is always well, yeah, yeah. hearts a, a good choice for for voicing animated film. Mm-hmm. And then you've got oh, the kids. Oh my god! <laughs> and Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Um, and Patrick Warburton. If you don't recognize him, uh, the Tick is probably yes, yeah, a very well known. Uh, role but, for him as far as voice acting. But, well, in fact, the well, characters have the same jaw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. <laughs> well, uh, Patrick Warburton was the live action tick. You're right. Yes, oh. he was not the voice of the. 
the, the, the he was, he was okay. perfect as the live action tick in the five yes. episodes <laughs> yes. that they or was it four? I mean, there are six. not very there six. Were six. There are very few, but they seek it out because because Patrick it's Warburton. Patrick is, Warburton with with antennae on his head is. <laughs> yeah, I was so. I was so sad when I learned that Patrick Warburton was a spokesperson for Proposition 8 in California. I oh. know, uh, Patrick, God you know, damn. hopefully he's learned. Uh, <laughs> so, so, way to bring it down. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Game marriage but, is good. Okay. okay. Um, but, but anyway, um, I was going to say, um, before we got too far astray from the history of this movie, um, there was a documentary made about the making of the movie. It was filmed while the movie was being made by Sting's wife. Mm-hmm. But it was never finished and never released. It is in the Disney vaults. It's in the Disney vaults. and oh. it, It's just like, never, why not put it out? Well, I, and I, the thi- I watched it in preparation for this episode. You, really? You, how did you find it? it? Somebody uploaded it to Vimeo. Sweet. If you look for a video on Vimeo, you gotta called, send me the link so I can put it in the show notes. It's called Sweatbox. Sweatbox, yeah. It's one word called Sweatbox. It's on Vimeo. I think actually, I think there's a couple of very anonymous copies on video or on uh, Vimeo under that name. Nice. But yeah, you can uh, sit down and watch it. It's it's fascinating to watch the production fall apart and get put to, oh back God. together and fall apart and get put back together. And yeah. somehow, and somehow, turn into this. Turn into oh. the Emperor's New Groove, which is again, it's it's remarkable that mm-hmm. any film that went through that kind <coughs> of turmoil yeah. would turn into anything worth watching. Uh, but I, I mean, I suppose another good analogy would be Apocalypse Now. They had yeah. a disaster of a filming, and mm-hmm. and there's actually a documentary of, of the filming of Apocalypse Now, which in many ways is better than the film itself. Yeah, Heart of Darkness is great. Yeah. Or Hearts of Darkness, I should say. Because it just, the, watching this complete yeah. self-destruction. <laughs> or or uh, the, the very classic example of Werner Herzog's Fitzcarraldo, which is a movie about a man hauling a boat over a mountain. Um in which Werner Herzog took a bunch of people to South America and hauled a boat over a mountain. Yeah. There's a documentary about that movie called Burden of Dreams that's oh. just amazing. <laughs> so I, I, I have not seen that documentary. I, I did not know that it was possible to watch it, so yeah. I'm actually kind of excited to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. to Sweatbox. Out and, it's called Sweatbox. And uh, it was Sting's wife. Did, we, did you mention that? Yeah, it was, it was Sting's, Sting's wife. wife that made it. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Sting is in the process of she, and she's yeah. trying to document Sting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Sting in in the documentary. But now I also have to say, you know, the thing about that that one animation team going away and doing Rhapsody in Blue. Holy shit! Is the Rhapsody in Blue segment yeah. in Fantasia 2000 amazing? That's my favorite so, part of Fantasia you got, 2000. You got yeah, that <laughs> and the, the flamingos. <laughs> Um, flamingos were good. Yeah, the flamingos were good. So so you get two really good things. Out of this this uh, this destruction of the movie, you get Emperor's New Groove and you get Rhapsody in Blue from Fantasia 2000. So yeah. uh, maybe it's a good thing that the whole thing fell apart. Yeah. But uh, I kill, kill your darlings. <laughs> that you know, they, it's the the mantra of the creative people. You know, sometimes yeah. you gotta kill your favorite stuff to come out with something that's completely <sighs> yeah. that actually works. 
Also, you know, because this is 2000, this is the point at which uh, two-dimensional animation is becoming obsolete. Yeah. Uh, 3D animation is really taking over, which has always frustrated me in that I think that both are good medium. But for whatever reason, audiences do, since computer animation has taken over, uh, cell or 2D animation, (coughs) it's not all cell. Most of it's still done on computer, actually. Mm -hmm. But uh, since... Since 3D animation has taken over, you can't make a successful 2D animated yeah. film. There have been many good ones that have come out, but they simply don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Well, I think the money doesn't get shoved at them. I well, think that's part of part of the issue. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can't get the great animators to, you know, be able to feed themselves, you're not going to get real good talent on a a project like yeah it, I mean it's hard to say you know you got Disney they did the princess and the frog which is the last 2d animated they they did yeah but the problem was um, that one kind of sucked that was not their best and then <laughs> then they did tangled which was 3d and was yeah. very very good mm-hmm. um, and uh, the one they just did uh, frozen yep. which is also very good uh, mm-hmm. in both 3d animated but the, they would they could have been just as good as 2d. Well, I think the thing is, is people learned the wrong lesson from Pixar. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pixar movies were, you know, just... Pixar was hitting it out of the park 100% of the time for at least, what, 15 years? Yeah, yeah. a very long time. Cars think, 2 was the first time yeah, they, kinda, Car- they yeah. kind of stumbled. Cars 2 was the first falter of, of Pixar. And I think executives saw that and said, oh... It's the shiny, beautiful animation that is drawing the audiences. When really, it's the story. Mm. It's the, the story. shiny, yep. beautiful storytelling. It's the shiny, beautiful storytelling. And uh, yeah, but at this point, it really does feel like either studios don't have the confidence in it, or a combination of studios and audiences that don't have the confidence in 2D animation to the point that anybody will go see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that is that's a shame, you know. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like puppet animation. Sure. That there have been a few films that have been puppet mation that have come out, and none of them have done tremendously well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really feels like the field has been taken over to a great extent by by the three D animation. And I think it's I think three D animation is great, but it is a tool to tell a story. Sure. And it's a shame that it's become the only acceptable tool to tell most animated stories, or at least the only tool that moviegoers will accept. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2000, when Emperor's New Grove comes out, that's part of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But another part of it is a terrible marketing campaign. The, the trailer made the movie look unwatchable mm-hmm. because they didn't get it. Yeah. They didn't get that what they needed to advertise was a Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, sure. They needed to show the... Because people get Bugs Bunny, and Bugs Bunny may not be in the movie, but if you show a whole bunch of shots of Pacha and Cusco banging into rocks and falling off, falling down <laughs> waterfalls and getting, getting punched out by a frying pan, mm-hmm. if you show those shots, then you're saying, this is slapstick, this is comedy. And they didn't understand that that's yeah. what they needed to sell. That that's what they were selling. Yeah. Um, well, it was like I was saying in the intro. The thing that got me into the theater was I saw a trailer that showed the waterfall sequence. The the sharp rocks at the bottom, most likely. Bring it on. Bring it on. And bring it on. I saw that and this. <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah. 
my yes. God, that's Disney. I need to see what that's about. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because that's not normal Disney. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing about this film. You could... If, if I... If I set up a viewing for somebody who didn't know a lot about movies and I and I want but but new new anim- <laughs> like, like Jenna but who knew animated films maybe a little bit uh, and like I was Jenna? like what and, and and I'm like and you and you edit out which studios made it mm-hmm. and you just show somebody you know a classic Disney a modern Disney Emperor's New Groove a Pixar and uh, who knows some some other film and just show them five animated films and say tell me which studios <clears throat> produced this and they would get to Emperor's New Groove and they would not be able to figure it out. They well, they not- probably say Warner Brothers because you look at the the tone of the story and uh, you look at that that wonderful, really abstract, wild animation. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's very Warner Brothers. I'd yeah. say Disney because there's a castle in the front. <laughs> Wait! Well, that's why I just said... Just saying. Well, you removed the logo. Oh, the logo. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> edit that part. You edit yeah. that part out so they can't tell. But that's that... <laughs> and that's what makes it... Like I say, I think that's the problem. That's why Disney doesn't market this at mm-hmm. their parks. Why they, they kind of pretend it doesn't exist anymore. Is it doesn't fit. Hands in the pocket and walking away while whistling. Well, you know, holy <laughs> crap, they've got more stuff for Home on the Range mm-hmm. than they do for Emperor's New Groove. And Home on the Range... I think I heard of that. It's a horrible waste. <laughs> it's a waste of color. Oh. It's like... Racist. It's like every, every color that they put into that film could have been better used... In some other film, <laughs> that's that's what Home on the Home on the Range until Princess and the Frog it was Disney's last two D animated film. It was after Jeffrey Katzenberg has left the studio. They don't have the slightest fracking clue <laughs> what they're doing in animation anymore, and they produce Home on the Range, and it's it's about cows and Roseanne. Bar is one of the cow voicing one of the cows, and I think Judy Dench is voicing another, and it is the biggest train wreck of an animated film. <laughs> you know, when you consider how much work goes into making an animated film, the fact that you can see just bad decision after bad decision <laughs> after bad decision just stacking up in this movie to the point that you reach the end and you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> when, when you're like, you someone can, had to approve this. You can, Who you, did that? These people, these people made Cinderella two, <laughs> and all they did was Cinderella two is basically remake Cinderella and put a two on it, um, and that still somehow is better than Home on the Range. There's. So, I mean, if you want to see... No, I'm good. If you want to see a true disaster of filmmaking, Home on the Range. There it is. So Yeah. Uh, Which is completely unlike Emperor's New Groove. There is nothing about Home on the Range that is similar to Emperor's New Groove. Um, so, final thoughts, Melissa. <laughs> now that Tim's oh, had his rant... Man. How do I follow that? <laughs> okay, well, let me yeah, let me say it. a thing. Go for it. Um, there is no love interest in this story. 
There is no love interest. There's a bromance. There is a bromance. There's I and it's I always like associate Disney with there's some almost always some kind of a yeah. love interest thing going on. So there is absolutely I mean, there's a married couple. Yeah, it, um, yeah. happy married but, couple. Yeah. Pregnant but, lady. But there's no chasing someone down kind mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. way not way to not throw that at me. Mm-hmm. Very unusual for a Disney film. So, <laughs> and 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 Fess, who's in the background, is is saying, saying there's no, no singing. Yeah, he's who miming that there's no singing. But he's wrong. There's Tom Jones. Kuzco. <laughs> Intro doesn't count. What's his name? <laughs> there's also there's oh, and I gotta get this trivia. Oh, and cr- oh, Kronk and Kronk. Kronk's theme <laughs> the great thing I, the great thing I read oh, about man. that is is that Patrick is. Warburton improvised that so it had not been written, and that means that after he got done, Disney went to him and said, "Okay, now we have to copyright this song." So nobody, you can't you can't perform Frog's theme song without paying rights to Disney because shit, shit edit that out. <laughs> I gotta uh, say, I gotta say, I don't think we got it right. Okay, yeah, probably I think we're correct. probably safe. Okay, I don't know. Ma- you held a note for an awfully long time. I did. So. I, it's probably not the right one. Yeah. Melissa, final thoughts. Llama face. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. All right. My final thought is just one of my favorite moments from this film is the point where uh, Kuzco's face fills up with bats. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the most absurd thing ever. And then it's the bats that help lift them out. I know. the bat, it's, so bats, it's so good. Bats are so magic. Good. Okay, so, so if somehow you've gotten through this entire conversation about this film... Without watching this film, Good it's God. on watch Netflix. It, why, why it is streaming. You know why? Because Disney doesn't get it. They're willing to put this movie out there for free. So take advantage of that and go watch The Emperor's New Groove. It's awesome. Uh, our next podcast is going to be about Sunset Boulevard, which I think would have nothing in common with this film. I think you're possibly I think, correct. There's a hey, voice oh, well, wait, 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 wait. There's Gloria. I think Yzma is in the Gloria Swanson mold. Ooh. Uh, well, we can we'll talk about that. that. So uh, join us. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> join us on April 1st for Sunset Boulevard. Until then, uh, feel free to check out Melissa's new podcast with Wendy Bowlesby. I don't think we've Yay. mentioned that yet. Xanadu I, Cinema Pleasure Dome. Yes, Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. You found can, at xanaducinema.com, whereupon Wendy and I weekly... <laughs> as has been her habit, drink a lot of wine and then talk about movies. Yay! And uh, yeah. I, I joined them to talk about the Oscars a couple of weeks back, so you can yep. check out for that. Uh, other than that, we're Real Education. We will see you some other time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on a Real Education. Dee, dee.